I woke up to go put my tea in the microwave and I collapsed and I was home by myself and I woke up in a, in a bloody mess of myself and, um, wow hit my head. And, um, my ex-husband was actually, we weren't married yet, but we were living together. He was, um, a pilot. So he was out of town and I was all by myself. And I called my mom and she's like, you're going to get help right now. And kind of went through my senior year at that point, um, trying to get help through just counselors and and maybe reading about it and some self-help books that. Right. So you wanted the help there was the desire was there. Yeah. The desire was there. Um, but the demon of, of an eating disorder is so, so strong. Um, and the voice in my head would just not go away. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main F's in my life that have helped me in creating my best self, faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, facing my marriage-ending affair, or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. Okay, so this one is a long time coming because me and Lindsay had talked about this a couple times just because I have seen her in so many different areas be someone that could come on and help you. So today you are going to hear from Lindsay Casas. I have actually been saying her last name wrong forever. But she's, you know, to give her a little bit of your, of her credentials, she's a certified athletic trainer. She's a teacher, a fitness instructor. But I mean, if you follow her on social media, you'll see, I mean, she is, you know, with her athletic director, you know, position, she is around to influence teenage girls. And she's got two girls of her own. You know, she's very passionate about her faith, fitness, helping her students, as I mentioned you know, and athletes just becoming their best selves. But what most people don't know is Lindsay struggled from an eating disorder in her early twenties. And when I met Lindsay, she came to me as a client and I was very concerned at first, because if you are actively in the middle of an eating disorder, that's way out of my scope. And something that I do want to say on here, that if things today in this conversation trigger you, you need to dig deeper into this. This isn't just like a dieting issue. And so Lindsay has overcome all of it. And I'll tell you, you know, not that we butted heads when we first started, but, you know, she was someone that had a lot of convictions in the way she had been doing things for so long. And this is where the coaching really helped. And so I'm, I'm so excited for you to hear from her because she has come full circle and just truly showing how she's become her best self, how she is modeling something for her daughters. And I just, I'm so excited for you to listen to this one. You know, we're we're already gabbing, and so what I was just saying to Lindsay was that, uh, and I'll introduce her to you guys, and you're gonna hear that first. But that I, you know, I just shared that study, and I have this friend that always has a way of sharing. You know, she, like I said, she connected me with a person that then connected me to John Maxwell. Like she's just always so. You'll know, send me the most amazing things. So when she sent me the study the other day, 
what people didn't realize is, you know, me going through that 85 days and I shared it here on the podcast, you saw, I was all about like every day talking about it. It was very intentional and it was a great distraction for the 85 days, but admittedly I was expecting, you know, a bigger result. I really was. I've, I've had so many miracles in my life that I was really convinced that I was going to find out that it was like gone. So while yes, most people would be so shocked and happy and elated with the news, the idea that I only got 12 days off to go back on something that I had spent so much energy, mm-hmm. like just, just scheduling your chemo and like your, you know, your, all your, you know, things that you go to. And I was doing IV therapy and there's so much energy around that, that I just was in a real low slump and feeling like I have to do this again. And I started to do math and I'm like, okay, well, if it shrunk by say a little less than 20%. And that was 85 days of chemo. If I do the math on that, I'm going to be doing chemo all year to ever see this down to zero. And that really, I mean, that made me feel less hopeful. So when she sent me this um, article, this little research thing, I thought this was just for me. Like, I just needed to know that that last 85 days, I made it through it. I did. Like I survived it and I did really, really well. So I've got a lot more. I can, I can 10X that because those, the, the rats like, 50 extra time. Like it was crazy. Right. So you're like, uh, anyway, a, rat can, to, a rat can swim 60 hours. <laughs> I, I can do it. So didn't even mean to start on that note, but this is going to be an awesome conversation today. And I have a feeling that Lindsay will be back. And as you heard in the beginning, you know, we're going to be talking about several things, but I think that this is going to touch every woman out there. I think that if you are a mom and you have little girls, and little boys, because you know what? Nowadays we're seeing with little boys, this is going to touch you. I already know that Lindsay has really just um, been such a, a pleasant to listen to and, and watch you grow. Like I, I've seen this growth, so I can't wait to get into it. But first of all, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. Um, you just saying right there that, um, you know, if you have little girls um, listening to this as a mom, um, that just gave me chills because, you know, at, so at one point I didn't think I'd ever have kids. And so um, that just, you know, just gave me chills right there. So oh, excited. And if you, you know, you are going to go follow Lindsay after this and you will see one. She is the most gorgeous family. I say gorgeous because your girls are just freaking cute like so beautiful and um i love it because you know my ex is hawaiian so like you've got the mixed babies too and they're just they're little doll babies but what i love about following you is seeing like one i know as an athletic director like these are like your girls and i can't help but see this as your calling and your purpose with eating and with your be you know just your your self-love because i see what you push and and really you know it's it's all about energy to these girls because i see how much they love you and so if you do you know get a chance especially on facebook i know that's where i see you like you'll really get to dive in to see what lindsay is all about but where we're gonna I'm, we're gonna go right into this take me back because you know i started dieting at 13 and it was my mom did the best she could with what she knew how and i want let's just put the disclaimer out there that there will be no judgment here like i have a great relationship with my mom so anything i share today you know i can only speak for myself but that 
I know that my mom was just doing the best she could. So if some of the things that we talk about were modeled, it, it truly is not because, I mean, she was a broken person herself, you know, not saying this is anything with Lindsay's story, but we do go back into a lot of the starts in our childhood. So how old were you when you started just even being conscious of food, never mind having issues? Yeah. So my, you know, just like you, I think that my mom, um, we kind of grew up in this, uh, you know, society of my mom being on different diets. I remember her eating like pork rinds and things like that. But again, like you just said, um, you know, that is not the reason. And I, I love my mom and, um, we all as moms do the best we can. Um, but I really, really truly remember watching what I ate when I became a college athlete. Um, I played basketball in college and, um, maybe even a high school athlete. I played basketball in high school as well. Uh, but when I was in high school, I got my first boyfriend ever and I played college or I played high school basketball and I was getting ready to go play college basketball. And, um, that's kind of when my body image, uh, was, you know, at its peak, like I, I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to eat a certain way. Um, and it was actually the, the very first time I remember, um, having eating disordered behaviors was in my high school bathroom. Um, wow. yeah. And that I didn't even really know what I was doing per se. And I don't like to give like big examples because I never right. want my story to be, um, triggering to anybody. I'm very, very conscious of that. Um, but I do remember that that was kind of the first time that I had any eating disordered behaviors. And then kind of through, um, college, I played basketball and then I decided to quit basketball and my entire identity was like gone. Um, I was a basketball player my whole entire life and I was going you know, through, I, I was at um, a small college and I was a student athletic trainer there. I was going to school to be an athletic trainer. So I was still in the athletics department, um, right. working in the athletics department, whatnot, but I wasn't playing basketball anymore and I had really nothing else to do. So I started getting into fitness and taking fitness classes. And then it was like, well, if I eat this, and I work out this much then I'm supposed to look like this. And so that's kind of when it, it took this obsessive um, track, I guess you could say. Right. And do you think, cause you know, for me, it's like what you don't know, you don't know. So like when I was heavy and I'd lost say like the first 50 pounds, I wasn't really around like fit, fit people. So I didn't have that comparison. It wasn't until I actually was around like fitness people in a gym, but then I started to get more like oh, I want to look like that. What do I need to do to get there? Right. Absolutely. And just learning, um, kind of how they were doing those things and talking to people in the gym. And, you know, I, I have learned so much just from, from you about what is real and true in the fitness area, but so many people have so many different ideas of what the proper thing is to do to look a certain way in the fitness industry. And, um, most of those things are wrong in a sense and, and very, um, harmful. And yeah. that's what I got into was the harm. And, and especially probably in that time, you know, this is before it was even harder to get like, not, like a lot of information, you know, nowadays we're inundated. It's still hard to find good information, but at least, you know, what's out there. Whereas like, I know when Eric started, he was 
he was an industry disruptor in that no one had ever even heard it. Whereas mm -hmm. now people have heard it, but again, you know, there's still, you still need people that are doing really crazy, extreme stuff, Absolutely. you know? And I also think too, there's something really important to know is you can know all better and still not do all better because I've known all better. And even as a trainer, and even as like, I did things that I know I would never have a client do yet. I was doing. Absolutely. I mean, I went to, to college. Um, my bachelor's degree is in exercise science and my master's degree is in kinesiology. And we take nutrition classes. We take, right. you know, biology, we know all the chemistry, all of these things. Yet I am you know, going against all the things that I'm learning, but it's just, you know, and I use this example that I oversee 1500 student athletes and their healthcare at my high school. Yet when something's injured on me, I'm like, well, you know, I would make them do this, but I don't know so much if I'm going to go do that right now. So, um, it's just kind of one of those things that, like you said, you, you learn it, you know it, but sometimes you don't do it. Right. So when did it escalate to you that, I mean, at the point where, I mean, you knew one, like this was a really serious, how serious did it get for you? You know, um, and I mean, take me down there. Okay. So, um, my junior year, I decided to quit playing basketball after my, my junior season. Um, I wasn't going to continue with my senior season. And one of the main reasons was, is because, um, my, um, ex-husband now, but my first husband, um, proposed to me in between my junior and senior year. So I decided that my 20 year old self needed to go get married. Um, and he was, um, pretty mentally, um, you know, I don't want to use the, the word abusive, but mentally, stressful to me. Um, he wanted me to look, look a certain way, act a certain way. And so a lot of my insecurities came from, if I don't do this, he's going to leave me. So I had a lot of abandonment issues. You know, my parents got divorced when I was, um, uh, 15 years old. And so I saw my, my parents go through that divorce and, um, thinking that my dad abandoned me Well, I didn't want my future husband to abandon me. Yes. Um, I, you know, I couldn't be abandoned. And if I didn't look a certain way, I was going to be abandoned. So, um, I started working out, I go to the gym every morning. Um, I remember I'd eat half of a pro max bar and five strawberries. Like that's what I would eat all day long. Um, and so all of these terms were getting thrown around and, and I was still close to my basketball team, even though I had quit and my best friend was on the basketball team. And, um, she came up to me actually in a bathroom and was like, you are sick. And she's like, I'm calling your mom. And I was, I was pissed. Right. I was just like, who the hell do you think you are? You're not calling my mom. I'm a, I'm a grown woman, you know, at 19 years old. I'm a grown woman. You can't tell me what to, um, and ironically enough, it was eating disorder awareness week at our, at our college is very weird because yeah. I feel like that is a more common thing now eating disorder awareness, but back then it really wasn't. Um, so you know, she called my mom and, and my mom was looking at all this stuff up in my college town and it happened to be eating disorder awareness week. And so I, they took me to this meeting and I kind of sat through it and I was like, this does not apply to me at all. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You are crazy. I eat, I work out, you know, no, nothing's wrong. I, I'm just being healthy. Um, quote unquote. And, um, it just got to the point where I kept losing more and more weight, losing more and more weight to the, to the point where I look back at pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh. 
um, kind of the real, I guess, straw that broke the camel's back is, um, I lived in an apartment and then we had concrete floors and I woke up to go put my tea in the microwave and I collapsed and I was home by myself and I woke up in a, in a bloody mess of myself and, um, wow hit my head. And, um, my ex-husband was actually, we weren't married yet, but we were living together. He was, um, a pilot. So he was out of town and I was all by myself. And I called my mom and she's like, you're going to get help right now. And kind of went through my senior year at that point, um, trying to get help through just counselors and and maybe reading about it and some self-help books that. Right. So you wanted the help there was the desire was there. Yeah. The desire was there. Um, but the demon of, of an eating disorder is so, so strong. Um, and the voice in my head would just not go away, no matter how much, how many books I read or how many counselors I saw. Um, so my eating disorder, uh, continued and I graduated college and I moved back here and I got married and I did all things. Um, and I was so sick. I got my first job and, immediately I was put into, um, outpatient care. And so I was at a hospital all day long. Um, I'd get to go home at night and then it progressed because my heart rate was so low. Um, my doctors thought I was going to have a heart attack, um, in the middle of the night. So I was then put into inpatient care. Um, and I, I'd gone through a couple different stints of, um, eating disorder treatment. So I've done every type of treatment between, um, just a therapist to inpatient to outpatient, um, to group therapy, to couples therapy. Um, I I feel like I've done a lot of it. So. Well, and you've put in the work, I will say, and I think that's really important for people to hear that this isn't going to be something where you just give a, this is what I did. And this is why I'm here because I wish everyone would see that on any journey of any type of growth, and this is, you know, it is a mental health issue. So when you're looking at mental health, this is going to one, take daily intention for the rest of Lindsay's life. Like meaning like there's going to be times where it's going to maybe be on the back burner and more on autopilot. And then there's going to be seasons or times or triggers that it is full front where she's got to have tools, you know, but this is hopefully when you walk away from this learning that this is a daily practice. Like I'll be able to brag on Lindsay because I was able to coach her in that she was really willing to do the work and not everybody is ready. I mean, you know, this was something I was really nervous to talk about because as a coach, if someone comes to me with like, you know, if I start to even see some eating issues and I can usually see like if someone turns in their food journal, like and I ask what they're eating and I see a lot of like one, they don't have a lot of fat and it's like, they make it a point to tell me they're having like 150 grams of egg whites, 20 grams of oats at the next meal. Like I'm seeing these little small, like birdie amounts. It's already red flags for me. One, cause I've been there mm-hmm. and two, I've seen experience. So I always am careful with that. And so for you, I love that you were so open with me and, and we did have to take it a different way for you because, you know, with Lindsay, what we did was we actually took her through an intentional maintenance. And most people that have ever had eating issues, let me tell you, because I've had eating issues and, and going through so many years of trying to lose weight to try to then tell someone that one, either the scale's not going to change or go up is the craziest thing. Because here's the thing. It's almost like a drawback. A person with an eating disorder, especially if they're like anorexic, one, 
You still got to have a freaking ton of willpower and discipline to mm-hmm. not eat. So that almost is to that person's detriment. So sometimes my discipline can be to my detriment. And this is where the all or nothing comes in. And this is where coaching is so much less about your calories and what you're getting. And so much more about finding a way to get this person to keep their promises without seeing it tied to food. Because most of us have issues with the food. We will totally like, not hit snooze on the alarm and all these other agreements that we make, but it's like that nutrition agreement triggers us to suddenly like voice of compromise. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember actually, um, when we first started working together, you gave me my meal plan and I was like, so how many calories is this per day? And you're you're like, that doesn't matter. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, why, why is it? And you, you literally said, I am not going to tell you. And I was like, okay. And all you kept saying to me was, you need to trust this process and you need to trust this process. And then not only that, you were like, you're going to go into maintenance and you're going to stop working out so much. And I was like, what? Like, what is wrong with this lady? She's trying to kill me. You know, and now thinking back, and this is where I see the growth is if we could read some of those first bi-weeklies, you know, it wasn't butting heads, but it was very similar to me with me and Eric. And that when I hired Eric, I was like, I mean, he took away like a ton of my cardio. He made me eat more food. He wouldn't give me my calories because I was a tracker. Like I had, I had all my foods programmed in my fitness pal, you know, like type thing. Right. And he said, no. And I mean, I'm so thankful one that I was able to finally get away to, and this is why I did it with you is one, I wanted you to associate your success with something that wasn't numbers anymore, that your success was because Lindsay was doing what she was saying she was going to do. But, and then, you know, from a coaching standpoint, like, and I would say this to anyone, and if I see it faltering off, I have the, the top, which is, do you trust me or not? Because if your mind is wandering, one, the experience just sucks because you're constantly thinking. And this is the whole reason you hire a coach. I mean, if I could get back the years of me thinking about the food, stop. You know, I had to remind you, listen, I want you to have success, believe it or not, just as much as you. I mean, my name is on the line and I care. Like I hate when I open a biweekly and I see that the person has had a hundred percent compliance and no change simply because I know they're working so hard. And this is the hard thing with the body, right? Like when you've been like for you, what we really worked on was you could hardly eat very much without gaining. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you talk about the, not the thinking part of it, um, and just how much life you get back, I will say that when I told even my husband, like, I, I want to hire Amy and he's like, you're going in the wrong direction. Like, why do you want somebody to tell you how much you should and should not eat? Like, isn't that an eating disordered behavior? And my sisters were the same way. They were like, Oh my gosh, this is not good for you. And the minute I got my meal plan, I was like, I don't have to think about this anymore. Like, I don't have to go, oh my God, I can't believe I ate that. Or did I eat too much of this? Or do I I put more of this here? Or should I have eaten less? And it was just like, I'm just going to eat this. Now, I will say with not thinking about it so much, it, there, there were days where I was like, you know, she told me to eat this, but I'm just going to kind of take a couple of those off. But I had to quickly say, that is not what I'm here for. Because like you said earlier, I, 
I do the work to make myself better and I've done it, you know, good ways and I've done it bad ways. Um, and as I'm getting older, I, I'm learning the the proper ways to do it for myself, which is different for everybody. But um, you do. I had to trust the process and I had to trust that the decisions that I was making by hiring you was the right decision for me. And I went back and forth. I mean, I remember call, um, emailing Eric before I got married and I did not hire you until after I had my second kid. So um, it was back and forth and back and forth. And then I knew I, I kind of feel bad because when I emailed Eric and I was like, you know, I kind of only want to work with Amy and he like <laughs> this email back and he's like, why? And I was like, well, these are all the reasons. And I was like, you know, she had an eating disorder or, you know, and she went right, through the instructor and she did all this cardio and da, da, da. and I think she would just get me better. And I don't know if you took that well or not, but, um, I it worked out well. So it was fine. <laughs> it was good because when I would see things pop up, you know, I was a compensatory behavior person, for example. So, you know, Thanksgiving day, you're the type of person I'm thinking about going, I already know your overeager self would go do 90 minutes, you know, and, and, and have some, you know, form of guilt. I, and I'm okay. Nowadays I go full stream or like, I will take that out of someone's program for a season, but I don't want, I mean, I believe in daily activity. So it's kind of like, if people would only learn that I'm trying to get to an end result, you got to trust me that when I tell you, no, I'm not giving you calories. It's not that I won't give them to you probably a month from now. In fact, when people leave, I encourage it. I'm like, here, take this. But it's because at that time, I don't want you to associate it. It's like clients that come to me that have done a lot of cardio. I will purposely those first two weeks try to not have any so that they can see life can't exist without it. Do I want them to have it for heart health? Absolutely. But if you wake up every day thinking that that is your fat loss tool, I mean, you're already set up to one to become the cardio bunny because when you slip up, guess where you think you got to fix more, right? I mean, weren't you like this? Yeah, I was absolutely like that. And, um, you know, I remember you doing a podcast talking about like waking up on Christmas morning and going to work out and that should be time for your kids. And, um, I really have to just like look back and, and I use those examples that you give sometimes and go, I, I never thought I was going to have kids. They told me I wasn't going to have kids. And so I'm not going to go do that because I'm going to spend this time with my kids. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, things can be a slippery, slippery slope. I remember when I stopped coaching with you, um, on the diet aspect of it, I, I took a slippery slope and then I had to get myself back out of it, but it's because, you know, I had the tools from you and, and I, I'm still like a LBC follower to the, to the T, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I think my, my meal plans from you are still in my refrigerator and they're like, so disgusting, probably honestly, because <laughs> I use them still every day. Um, but it can be a slippery slope. And when you think you need 15 minutes then the next day you need 20 and the next day you need 25. And I, I was diagnosed with so many different eating disorders, you know, um, orthorexia, bulimia, um, over-exercise compulsion. There's just been so many different words given to me on, on what I had depression, anxiety, that I like to then label that. You know what I like to label that is then we're just overachievers. I mean, truly, when you think of all the areas, because I'm the same way with, you know, like, for example, any type of tracking device can be slippery slope for Amy Lodine because I am, I mean, I just like to do better, be better every day of my life. And so that can be dangerous because like you just said, when you said the five and then the 10 yeah. and then 15, like I need to learn to slow my roll. Like it is harder for me to actually 
stay the same, which is why maintenance is so hard for women that are driven by, you know, just, I don't know, feeling like you're making change, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, um, it's funny because I, so I finished 75 hard, like maybe a couple of days after you did. Yeah. And, um, I told myself I'm going to do 75 hard and I'm going straight back to maintenance and day 72 came and I was like, Oh God, I'm going to have to go back to maintenance in three days. And then it was two days. And then I'm like, I'm going back to maintenance tomorrow. And it was so scary for me, but I, I knew I had already done it. Yes. And so I'd already gone back to maintenance. And so I can do it. I know that I can do it. But, you know, you see this progression and you see your body changing and, and all these different things um, that you just want it to keep going. And so I, I did. I went back to maintenance that day because um, I just knew that I, I couldn't keep up that. Yes. I, you got me to a place where I feel really comfortable in my body. Um, and so I was getting below that and I was like, you know what, my mind's going to turn back on and say, I can't gain anything else because no matter how much work I do, um, I really feel like it's, you know, like an alcoholic or someone who's drug dependent or something like that. Um, it's always there. It's always yes. there. The voices in your head are always going to be there. It's just, how do you manage them? Um, and so I'm lucky enough that I've been able to learn how to manage them through, um, through working with you and through my therapist and, and lots of different things, but, um, it's always freaking there. And the thing that sucks is that you can't just like stop drinking. You can't just like stop eating. <laughs> I mean, you could, no, but that's why I always say <laughs> It's, it's the hardest one, honestly, to overcome, in my opinion. I, I, I love that. I mean, there is more attention around it these days, but it's, it, we also live in a society where it's, you know, the pressure on our children. And then I just see where food is going and how hard it is to, you know, I mean, your kids are just not getting really good nutritious meals. And then parents are on the go. We're all working. So people, kids are eating out. And then when you learn that, you know, behaviors are caught, then, you know, what are you raising your kids to do? So I always say for, you know, moms that maybe they struggle with the discipline Put the driver on, what are your children seeing you do? Yeah. Like, are you raising them in a family where when you get off work, like you guys just go to the next restaurant? Because even though you might be prepping, you might be teaching your kids that they need to eat nutritious meals. It's what they're seeing. Yeah. Right. And even with me dieting or, you know, what I've been through, I mean, that was a big driver for me to just like get the mental help that I needed because while on the outside, I've probably looked the same through most of my, you know, last 13 years of, of fat loss outside of my, like I call, I had a Skeletor era where I did just, I was so extreme and, you know, I had friends like really get upset about it, but I went through a season with, you know, my daughter, when she was little, she remembers like she now is, she's 19 now. And I'm so thankful that I was able to get away from it before she got into her high school years, because she remembers me having a protein cake on my birthday and wondering why I wouldn't eat a piece of my own cake because I looked so small, like I looked skinny in her eyes or just, um, never really eating. Like they complained that I never ate at IHOP with them, you know, like some of those breakfast morning and that, cause that was, send me into a, a frenzy. And it was one thing. So tell, tell our audience about what I made you do as a client. That was a challenge. Oh gosh, such a challenge. So, um, I think that, you know, when you start for me, when I would start my day, 
perfectly and I'm on my meals and I'm going, 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 I could go throughout the day, but the, the second that I would slip up, it was sabotage. It was all or nothing. It was okay. I just, you know, ate five grams too much. And so I'm going to blow the rest of my day and I'm going to eat whatever I want. And I, I, that eating disorder mentality would come, come back and I would actually binge. And, um, so you were like, you're going to go out to breakfast and you're going to have a breakfast and then you're going to get right back on your meal plan. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) like, how does that even happen? So I really, I, and it was a planned thing, right? Like me kids and my husband and I, we went out to breakfast and I had the breakfast that I wanted to have. And then the next meal, I went right back on it and I did it. And I was proud of myself because it was one of those things that I kept a promise to myself. And I I said, I'm going to do it, but it was freaking hard. It was so, um, I'm, I'm so glad that I had that opportunity to, um, watch myself do something like that and then have the, the next morning wake up and go, wow, like I really can do something like this if I put my mind to it. Um, and then, and then it makes it easier the next time. Right. Because once you, it's, it's like when you meet the healthy person that, you know, I, I have a client that she's a, tra- she is a flight attendant for years. She was a flight attendant. So for her, when she travels, it's like no issue at all because it's who she is. She lives this way now. Right. But prior to that, it's like your first time, you know, like you're nervous because it takes so much prep to say prep your cooler and know what to take with you. And this is why I tell people like when it becomes your lifestyle, one, you learn like as you travel, like the places you order from, the mm-hmm. things that are your go-tos, like because it becomes who you are versus just this person that, you know, only knows how to say follow a program, you know, because well, yes, when you are in a season of following a program, you know, I we do give a meal plan. It isn't your macros. Like I'm an anti-macro tracker. Um for I would say 90% of people. I think that most people need to focus on their behaviors and kind of like if they could free up some of that mind space, because, you know, yes, the numbers matter. And and what Lindsay doesn't see or what another client doesn't see is I have a full Excel sheet of the breakdown and everything. What Mm -hmm. they're only seeing is the food item and what they could sub it with. And then they've got like a sub calculator. But even more than that too, is it a couple meals, you've got open, you know, rain on whatever you want to have. And this is because do I want you to be eating? Of course, single ingredient. I mean, yes, we, we have a health conscious, you know, mindset. However, I would argue that say for me, someone like me, it is healthier and let's define it in quotes Mm -hmm. for me to allow 10% of my life to be like the junk because I will not binge. I will then overall stay much healthier mentally, physically, because I'm not having these ups and downs back in the day when I didn't allow those things. The outside maybe wouldn't see it, but Amy would have a weekend where she'd eat so much that her skin hurt. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go back to like only eating like chicken and broccoli. Yeah. Right? Can you relate? Well, yeah, I can totally relate. But I also remember one time where um, you said, I want you to be a hundred percent. And I was like, okay. And you're like, and, and my Friday night was an off plan meal. And I was like, but, but this says off plan on Friday. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent. Is that you are eating that off plan meal. And I'm grateful for that because I, I think that what you were trying to teach me was your hundred percent of you being healthy, Lindsay is having mental freedom to say, 
I'm going to go have pizza with my family. I'm going to go have a hamburger with my family. I love nachos. Like nachos are hands. Like I love tacos, but I can eat, I can eat tacos on plan. Um, I know how to do that. Like I can eat breakfast tacos on plan. I can eat lunch tacos on plan. I can eat dinner tacos on plan. Um, but I love nachos. And so, um, you know, you forced me to have an off plan meal, meaning yep. that was being healthy. And that was very helpful because, um, I also remember saying to you when we started is Amy, I have two girls and I'm terrified. I am terrified to raise these two girls because, and it still makes me emotional, but I don't want my girls to come up to me and say, I'm not eating that mom and me going, well, why wouldn't you eat that? Well, because you don't eat that mom. And, 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 and so raising two young girls, my girls are seven and eight now, um, is quite, terrifying when it comes to the food stuff. Um, and so I do my very, very best to, you know, not talk about it. And they know that I have a meal plan that makes me healthy and that food is my medicine. And I don't want too much, you know, I wouldn't eat too much Tylenol and I wouldn't have too little Tylenol if I needed it. And so I don't have too much food and I don't have too little food. Um, I love that. I have what makes me healthy. And, um, you know, you, you call it your, um, I think it's your, your sometimes you're always, and I, I forget how you label it, but I, we have red, green and, and yellow foods and green is, you know, right. we eat them all the time and yellow is, um, th- they're good for us, but we don't eat them all the time. And then red foods are, um, not no meaning stop, but just, these are what we have on special occasions and these yes. are special, special foods. So, um, you know, and I work at an all girl school, like I have all girl athletes that come to me with all this stuff. And so I just like. God gave me this eating disorder to be like, this is what it feels like. And I want you to know what it feels like. And then this is what it feels like on the other side. And you go out there and you tell the world, like, this is how great it can be. And, you know, other women listening right now going, wow, I didn't realize that this is, I just didn't want to call it this, but let's just, you know, say what it is, you know, compensatory behaviors, whether it be with cardio, whether it be with, you know, um, your food orthorexia, maybe you're punishing yourself. Maybe you are labeling things a certain way. Um, it's not as simple as a calorie amount, you know, and just like with, you know, Lindsay, I mean, and this is where, I mean, we didn't, we've never had cookie cutter coaching. I've always tried to explain that our coaching is really more on like, you know, us, me helping you through struggles and finding solutions to the struggles. It's why I love to go through, say, like the holidays with a client, because you got to learn to navigate holidays. It's not yeah. going to be 100% on a plan. So for someone like you that I already knew, your problem is not your discipline. In fact, that's sometimes our, we, we don't know how to turn it off and we need to be given permission. I'm the type of person I used to say to Eric, if you're giving me a free meal, you need to tell me. Like, I need to know it's part of my plan because I'm always going to try to like, I want the extra brownie points. And I think that's what's doing me good when really what's doing me good is, is taking the balance. And so for someone like you, I was like, listen, it doesn't always have to equate to a burger and fries. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. you just not weighing your meal, but I want you to just have a time where you can, again, because then you're going to have success and you're going to show yourself that you didn't need to be a hundred percent. Cause we've actually changed our rules in the last few years the first two weeks, we actually now say that we want you to be 95% or better because 
I, again, it's, it's, the, it's the downfall of 75 hard. It's this, it's the one area that I've, I've been very open about it on here. When we do go down this perfection, you know, place, if you associate your success there, you're, you're going to be in for a struggle because you can't be perfect. And you have to see that 75 hard, like even something like that, it's just for a season to then elevate the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. And I did five for 50. Um, I want to say like maybe two months before I started 75 hard and I did 75 hard because, um, some of my friends that are in the LBC community, they're like, let's do, let's do 75 hard. And I was like, Oh God, I just came off of five for 50. I'm supposed to be in maintenance. But, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say I tweak 75 hard in any way because I don't want to discredit what I did and you know what other people do for 75 hard because it's freaking hard. Um, but I was going in under the mindset that I was gonna be hundred percent on my meal plan. Now I had to kind of like reel that back in and just say, um, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to eat the foods that I'm supposed that I know that I enjoy eating in my in my um, I guess using my substitution calculator. Yes. I didn't want to like lock myself down into these 75 days. Uh, and I, honestly, like I, I dropped some pounds and it wasn't intentional at all. Um, it was actually the opposite that I was like, okay, you know, like I said, like I, I got a, this was a lot. Um, and so I need to go back on maintenance right now. Maintenance. Luckily that's where I am. And I'm mentally, um, happy with it. It's my mom's birthday today, actually. And so I'm, I'm excited to go over there. She lives in Florida, um, but she's in town. And so I'm excited to go over there. And usually I would pack my food and, and I just said, you know what, I, I know that I'm taking a salad. And so I'm going to eat a big salad and then I'm going to eat whatever my sister serves. So, yeah. um, and you, you know, you learned that with five for 50, because that was what we talked about this over the summer. So, you know, we had a fun time just talking about maintenance together, you know, every now and then on the, on the phone. And then, you know, I said, you listen, I don't, I don't, you know, you were thinking about 75 hard at that time. And I said, I actually think what's harder, I'm being honest. I truly believe five for 50 is harder because when you're told to do something, you're just, you don't question it. When you create some of your own rules, Mm-hmm. Your voice of compromise will make you think you're not doing the right thing. And this is why many people stop things that they're doing because uh-huh. they, they question themselves. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. The five for 50 was, um, that was hard because I made those rules and, you know, with some help from you, <laughs> but I made yeah. those rules and 75 hard is like you said, I, I am, um, an overachiever and, if you tell me to go do something for 75 days, like it was hard, but I'm going to do it. Um, I went through birthday parties and I, I went on a week long retreat with my high school girls who all had like chips and candy and all the things right in front of my face. I I went through 75 hard with that. And that was at waking up at five o'clock in the morning to go for a walk and then bring in my bands to do my workout in my, in my cabin. So Um, let's, let's talk about that too, because here's the thing, you've got two girls and we were kind of talking about this before we got recording in that I like using you as an example, because I think, you know, well, yes, I talk a lot about health being a driver. Like, I'm not going to lie. I want to look amazing for my age. And as I get older, I still want to, you know, I want to look the best. It kind of comes with even the, the, the whole, you know, theme of overachieving. I mean, you do want to look, you know, you look around and you're like, "I, I do know that, it is a metaphor for a lot of behaviors. Therefore, I, I do want to, and I don't want to feel bad about that. 
But then we, we, you know, we have kids and then it takes away from our kids because, you know, maybe we got to go to the gym and then add to it. You've got a full-time job. How do you balance it? One, to have your husband be supportive of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, without feeling like the mom guilt. Yeah. Um, well, I think that the, the mom guilt never kind of goes away. I think it's always there, obviously, but I, I will say that for in the past year and a half, um, one thing that I never used to do is give myself a pat on the back. And like, I juggle a lot of freaking things and I am pretty damn good at it. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I do have a full-time job. I own a, a small fitness community. Um, I don't call it like a fitness, I don't own like a fitness company. I just own a small fitness community that I run. Um, and so I teach four days a week doing that. Um, I'm also a teacher and then I'm the head of sports medicine at a high school. So in the athletics department, um, and I actually just added something to my list that I haven't even told you about. Um, but Ooh. I got a, yeah, I got a part-time job in medical sales too. So I'm kind of doing all of those things right now. Um, wow. and I'm balancing it and, and here's, here's kind of what I, I think I've learned over the last maybe year and a half, two years about myself. Um, I started doing a DAC, um, probably short after you introduced it to the LBC community, I started doing DACs. And I want to say that right now I'm at over 500 and something days. Um, and I know it's so great. And I, I do know that I've done it longer than that because I threw a whole notebook away and I know I shouldn't have done that, but it was before we talked about all that stuff, but Um, I am a, I'm a straight DAC girl and, um, I live, I kind of live and die by it. I have been taking Sundays off of the DAC because I've, I've noticed that I'm, um, I can kind of get obsessive about it. And so I, uh, I do too. I take a day. It's funny that you say that that's going to be a new thing that you oh know, like on your maintenance, just cause you've got to find ways to love it over time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I started taking Sundays off, but, um, I'm a huge planner and I have to do that because I have so many things going on. Um, and the one thing that I really love about, about having a plan and doing my DAC every day is that sometimes you can get caught up in doing so many things that you forget to acknowledge how much you have actually done. Um, and so looking at the DAC at night and being like, Oh damn, I did that. I did that. Mm, Yeah, I did that. And then you're just like, dang, I got a lot of stuff done today. Um, and I juggled it all really well. It's been helpful and it's been a huge confidence booster. But, um, the other thing, the other way that I kind of juggle everything is that, um, you've done some values training for, um, your, uh, Amy Ledeen stuff. And so while I haven't done all the personality characters because they actually scare me, um, I did do my values and I did write my value statements. And so I keep my value statements in, um, I know we both have like a love for, yes. So, um, I keep my values in here. This is like my DAC notebook. I know you guys love it. can't see that right now, but, um, I keep it in my, um, pocket of my little notebook, I keep my values. And those are really, um, what kind of balances me and helps me balance with everything that I juggle and personal development, health, um, love and faith are my four core values. Um, I have my value statements under them as well. Um, and those kind of just really keep me grounded and allow me to, um, spread myself in the certain areas that are, um, deepest in my heart, I would say. 
and love being one of them and my kids. I just, you know, I love my kids so much. And so it's hard to be a mom. It's really hard to be a mom in general. And it's hard to be a mom, a working mom. And it's hard to be a mom who wants to be super healthy and, and keep fitness into their life. So I wake up early, I get it done. You know, I don't time block as well as you do, Amy, but I try. You're <laughs> I'm like, not that great right master. now. <laughs> <laughs> like a time block master, but, um, you know, those are the things that I can juggle so much because I really, I really over the last year and a half have found my values in life. And I, I think that those, um, they just reverberate in my mind all the time. And, and so I can, I can balance everything that I need to. And I say, no, I say no to things that don't align with my values. So I love that. And that's so important, you know, and you know, the, the, between the daily sleep practice, I mean, routine and structure, that's everything, you know, for me as well. A lot of people think that like that is restrictive, but once you get it all down on paper, it's like, so freeing. And, you know, with a DAC practice, I always say we already have a thousand things in our head. So what better than to at least be able to measure some things that matter to you. And for me, I, it's amazing how even just one day, because if I'm feeling a little bit like, like just, they haven't been exciting me lately, I'll put something a little more challenging on there and I'll make it a point to be something that I almost kind of like got to jump through hoops to do. So for example, it'll be like, Amy, you have to do your push up squat lunge within the first 10 minutes of waking up. And I find yeah. it like a game with my brain because then what happens is then I feel better about myself which then in return makes me push for a bigger agreement. And this is why it elevates, right? Because when you see that you've done something, you're like, I can do more, you know, I can do better. Yeah. I also, I, so I've had this thing on my, on, under my behavior called AM routine for like, I don't know, like a year, I guess. And just recently I started taking it off. And I noticed that the reason I wasn't taking it off is I was scared that I hadn't made it a behavior and it was something that I wanted so bad is just to have this routine in the morning, um, for myself. And that is just like 10 minutes of writing my goals out, writing what I love about myself, um, writing what I'm grateful for. And I was so scared to take that off. I like, I wouldn't do it for the longest time. And I finally did it the other day. Um, because I read, uh, Mel Robbins high five, you know, the high five. Yes. Book or whatever. Love so, it. Yes. It's so good. So now that's one of my behaviors is to give myself a high five in the morning. Cause I'm actually not good at doing that for some reason. I you know forget. what? It's, it's funny you say that. Cause I use the streaks app. Like I still put it on like my DAC, but I'm loving tracking like duration. Cause I like to see the whole year and it makes me be more excited about just like, Hey, you know, if you, you do cold plunge three times a week, over a year times 50 weeks, that's 150 cold plunges. Everything doesn't need to be a daily practice, for example, yeah. right? But I have on there um, the high five, XXXX. Like, yeah. I've missed it. I don't, I, but you know, I actually, a podcast that I think is coming out maybe later this week, it's about habit stacking. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is if I don't stack it or put a specific being like, Amy, you are going to high five at the first path and pass into the bathroom in the morning as you walk out. If I just say it's when I'm visiting the bathroom, it's, it's just not enough for my brain. And same thing. I have this push up squat lunge thing that I do every day. And I missed it for a few days. And I was like, I know it's not because it matters to me. It's more about, I do it because I like the discipline of it, but mm -hmm. it was because I've been doing it sometimes at the office, sometimes at my house. I hadn't stacked it at a time 
you know, because water, it's funny for almost a thousand days of DACs. If you've uh-huh. ever seen my nutrition, I've always put water because mm-hmm. anytime I've taken it off, I didn't do the four liters, but yeah. 75 hard changed the game for me in that I now stack it at times in the day. So I'm done with my water, you know, pretty much like clockwork at the same time every day, because I have a time where I pick up the leaders. So for the first time in my life, I've taken it off and I'm still doing it. Cause that's the test too, right? Like, am I going to be my best self? Because you're not always going to have your diet plan and people that only know to follow a program and not learn to listen to their best self, what happens is they're the person that then tries to get away with things in their life with Mm -hmm. still hoping for the good outcome. It's like the person that has 70% compliance and they lost a pound and they tell me they're happy. They don't like my response because my response is I'm actually unhappy because now you've just associated that you don't need to give all and you got, you, you got what you wanted. You were rewarded. Yeah. Right. And so it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Um, speaking of water and, um, I was so mad at you (laughs) because I did not read the FAQ for, um, 75 hard. And I was like listening to, um, maybe one of your, your lives on Instagram or something. And you're like, I can't have water with my crystal light in it or whatever. And I was like, wait, no, this is a game changer. And I hadn't started 75. I think I was starting the next morning. And I was like, oh, I was like, "Mm, this, this might be different. I I actually questioned I questioned my ability. I read it. I was so mad at myself. I'm like, why do you have to be the overachiever that needs to go read the whole FAQ before you start? And, you know, like, I'm like, leave it to you, Amy, to like see this. Yeah. So then I couldn't put any crystal white in my gallon of water. <laughs> but did it not change the game for you? Because yes. it opened my eyes. Yeah. I don't think, you know, outside of my radiation week, I have never had less bloat in my life than what I did during this 75 days of just plain water. Like my clients will never hear the end of it because if I can drink water tasting like metal, y'all can get your gallon of water in, right? (laughs) I still drink my gallon of water every day since then. So So let's talk about your new little project. I call it your new little project because it really, you have a really big following with this community that you've built. And through COVID, you know, a lot of us got put on lockdown. And, you know, when I met you, you were teaching classes and I had to tell you that you had to learn to facilitate more or, you know, choose the times that you want to, because that's the hard thing is when we do stop doing that amount, one, it backfires because our bodies are so used to it. And two, if we want to look like we train, we got to bring the volume down, but you are, I have a feeling that if we were to ever teach a class together, we would freaking destroy these people. Cause yeah. my nickname was Sergeant Slaughter. And I've heard from a few of my clients like Nancy that your class busts balls. So <laughs> I would, it'd be right up my alley. Yeah. But this happened all to COVID. So, so what happened? Like due to the lockdown, you decided to go to zoom. Yeah. So, um, I have all, I, I teach this thing called fit. Um, it's something I came up with. It's called, you know, fit people are like, yeah, Lindsay, you came up with that with that on your own. And I'm like, well, it's called fierce interval training. So, um, we have this community, it's called fit community. And, um, I've always taught in person and I taught at a big box gym here and I lost my job over COVID. Um, I only taught there one day a week. And so I was teaching four days of, um, you know, interval training or whatever. And, you were like, you get two days. You can teach two yeah. days. You do the classes two days. The other two days, you get there, get to sit there and coach them. And I was like, 
okay, I'll do it. <laughs> it totally changed my body. Totally changed my body. So um, yeah, COVID hits and all the gyms shut down. I lose my job at um, the big box gym and my community was just like, we need something, we need something. And I was like, okay, well, I know nothing about computers. I'll try to open this thing called Zoom that these people are talking about. And so I started Zooming and I would watch the playbacks and I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds horrible. What is wrong with these people? They love this. So I, you know, got some help. I got a microphone. I got, um, you know, I changed some settings on Zoom and stuff like that. And um, ever since then, I have had people all over the world and I'm talking the world in Spain and in Italy taking my fit classes. Um, and so it's become this super awesome community. I still, now that we can kind of go back into, um, you know, facilities and whatnot, um, I've always taught it out of my, my high school that I teach at, they let me rent the space there. And so I still teach there, but all of these people are like, please don't stop. And so this thing is just like blown up. So I zoom every single day. Um, or not every single day, but every day we have class, which is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, I zoom. And then I have people in front of me. So like, I'm like looking at my computer and I'm looking at the people in back of me and I'm teaching this class. And it has just been, um, such an awesome thing during COVID because, um, the text messages that I get from people, um, I had a lady tell me that I took her out of her depression from COVID after a year and a half of being Uh. inside. And, you know, it's just, I'm so passionate about fitness and, um, to hear that it's actually helping people, um, has been just a big blessing in my life, but, um, yeah, we're still going strong via, um, via zoom and in person. And it's been kind of a, you know, I don't know, just a, a real good community to be a part of. Um, I've been teaching fitness for, oh gosh, nine, uh, no, not 19 years, um, 14 years now. And this has probably been my favorite part of teaching fitness is just this, this, um, group. And, you know, I go to Mexico every year during Christmas, which the first year that I went and you were my coach, I remember you were like, no, you, yeah, you can actually just like go and eat what you want. And I was like, Wait, how does that work? <laughs> I'm like, what? Um, so Mexico is like so fun now that I don't obsess and my husband and I work out in the morning and, um, but you know, as it relates to my fit community, um, I record all my working workouts. And so I send them like eight recordings to do over that week that I'm gone and they're happy as little clams and everyone's getting fitness in. And, um, sometimes I'll even zoom from being out of town, which is really, really fun and nice. And it's just kind of shown me that, um, you know, people will stick together in in really crappy, crappy times. And you just meet awesome people that way too. I I met really cool people that way. And fitness is such a a great way to bond. I mean, we're all in, you're, you're in a vulnerable position. I always say this when I used to teach classes like boot camps that are really hard because you're like push it's, it's personal development. Weightlifting is personal development, strength training, cardio, all of these things where you have to push to extremes is personal growth. Like it's like the first time I had a client that had never felt the burn. We were doing like a squat pulse and she goes, she stopped and stood up really quick. And she goes, it's burning. I go, yeah, welcome. Welcome. Let's come back down. You know, like, and once you realize that, so it's, it's very empowering to these people to get through a hard workout, like you're teaching. And at the end, 
see that you survived. And it's almost like childbirth. You forgot about the hell and you come back the next yeah. week. <laughs> I know. I'm like, people will be, people are like, oh my God, that was so hard. And then they show up the next, you know, the next time we have class and they're like, I felt amazing after that. And I was like, yes, exactly. Like it's so hard when you're doing it, but it teaches you that you can do hard things. And I think that, um, you know, when COVID started, everybody was saying we can do hard things, we can do hard things. And, and I think it really just showed people that we can do hard things. Cause I, I don't think people believed that. And, um, my classes have always, you know, been hard and people are like, are, is it going to get easier? And I say, no, you're just going to be, you can just get, um, we're just training you to become mentally stronger to get through it. And they're like, so it's not going to get easier. And I'm like, no, that's not what you're <laughs> you don't pay me for it to, to for the workouts right. here. So it's funny, but I really do. I think I have, um, you know, I had a goal to have over a hundred people on a zoom and I had one and I had, that's a, amazing. Over, yeah, I had over a hundred people with me on Thanksgiving, um, in person wow. and via zoom. So it's awesome. That's so rewarding. Well, I love it. Well, I know I will have you back again. I think we will talk even more about, you know, just honestly, how we can bring DACs into a dieting community without, you know, like, and the power in that, because I know you've gotten creative in how you write them. And that can be a trick to the brain. We all know that. But I have enjoyed this so much. Lindsay, where can people find you? Um, so on Instagram, I'm at LK Casas, um, just LK and then C-A-S-A-S, LK Casas. Um, and then I'm on Facebook at Lindsay Casas. So nothing, no real tricky names there, but, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And, um, you'll see me doing all my, all my DACs and all my fitness and being a mom, being a mom first and foremost. Yes. I would say, you know, you always can see the way someone is based on like what they share, like what they like and what matters to them. You can't say your family matters and then maybe people never see that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's always refreshing when you see, you know, something like that. And I know how much you know, your girls matter to you. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that you got to finally come on and, and share with us. And I will have in the show notes where you can find Lindsay. Hey, if you need a, a killer workout, I mean, I can attest to what a couple of my clients have said that I know are in good shape, which is scary to me. So um, go check her out. And uh, just thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much, Amy, for everything you've done for me. I really appreciate it. Okay, I'm on a mission. As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast. And it's less about that top 100 and more about I want to make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and learn from all the mistakes that I've made, along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this. I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media. Share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it. Go give me a review, of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me. You know, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission.